Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to a, another Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. Um, yeah, I'm back. It still, it still feels weird, kind of getting back into the routine list after I took a little pause there. Um, hold on, I I forgot to do something last week. <sighs> had to get my cup of coffee, and that is scrapings from like three bags I had. Um, not three, two bags I had laying around because I have not gone grocery shopping for a while because, um, I went out and went to that ride and everything and I must've caught something. I'm thinking in Chicago, I don't know, but like I got a cold in the summertime, which is awesome. Uh, no, it wasn't Rona. I've been tested. Everything's good. Um, never had any lung issues, just science infection feeling and a low grade temp. So just good old fashioned summer cold. Um, but yeah, it was, it was rather fun. I got to see, uh, my friend Nina and Lane in Chicago. And then I barely made it to the zero shopping time. I mean, we're talking within 10 minutes. I mean, 10 minutes traveling 10 hours is pretty awesome. If you will. Um, I was a little nervous. I had to sit at a freaking toll booth in Indiana for like a half hour. I was freaking out and like toll booths are still weird and very foreign to me because like, I, I won't get going on toll booths. Um, but they're the devil. And, um, yeah, I had always heard of the Irish Hills of, uh, Michigan, but oh my God, are they fucking beautiful? Um, you know, I'm Irish. So uh, of course I'm going to love something Irish. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of mumbling and rambling here, but it's been Mopeds have been fucking good to me this week, other than like me being kind of a little coffee cough and whatnot. Um, and this is what I was hoping to get more of this year, getting out to rallies, getting out to functions, meeting people. And um, the person I'm going to have on is, I know it seems kind of lazy, but whatever. Um, I wanted to have this person on just kind of with scheduling and with my get blah, blah, blah. You guys don't care. Um, I just kind of, I needed a pinch hitter in a brief moment and Brian was kind enough to adjust the schedule to come on this week. Um, Brian had, I remember the message he sent me because like, I don't know what I can keep track of my Facebook messages, uh, <laughs> my personal ones, but my second chance ones, I never keep track of for <laughs> reason, probably cause I'm always putting so many out trying to get and my guest um, response has been overwhelmingly successful. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't thank all of you enough. Like it just humbles me because a lot of people still don't know who the hell I am. And I'm cool with that. And like, I will gladly make the wrong impression instantly and then win you back because that's, <laughs> I, that's the kind of person I am. Um, I will say something dumb and kind of get it on the comeback trail. Uh, but I don't know what the hell I'm saying even really right now. But I I get a lot of people ask me, can I be on your podcast? And I'm always pretty receptive to people. But, you know, I, I kind of have a pattern that I want to keep hold, true to. And generally, like, the people who ask me are, like, within a year. And I've had a few of those people on. They're awesome in the rab, but, like, I want to know some more of the longer stories. And if you check out Moped Monday's podcast with, I believe it was, uh, I'm blanking. The, the one with Sean who did the shred shed and black, black, 
I think that was hands down um, my favorite podcast I ever did because that guy just started talking and let it roll. And I love, and he spoke from the heart and I love that when people do that. So if you guys um, get a chance, go listen to Sean from Black Black's um, podcast on Moped Monday. I can't thank Jason and all that crew enough for the kindness and reception they've given me over the years. Um, but anyways, again, I don't have a good segue to lead in the list, but I'm going to do this. If you want to get a hold of me, don't forget to check at secondchancepod at gmail.com. Write me a note, write me a letter, tell me how much you love or hate me. Um, secondchancemoped at gmail.com. I'm sorry. Instagram is secondchancepod. And then the Facebook group and page, whatever, is Second Chance, a moped podcast on Facebook. But just Google me, you'll find me. Um, but with that, I want to introduce a new old comer, we'll call it, um, to the show this week, Brian from the Zeros. Yeah, hey, um, I'm Brian. I've been in into mopeds off and on for like 17 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, a very interesting journey. <laughs> yeah, Brian, that like you told me a little bit of it this weekend. I'm like, God, that's so fascinating because, I mean, you saw the early days and then you, mm-hmm. you know, parted ways and now you're back. Um yeah, so let's. So you kind of have a diff, couple different ways we could go about this, but let's go from the very, very start, Brian. Here on yeah. Second Chance Moped Podcast, we'll go through people's moped journeys, what happened, i.e., the very first time they saw a moped to, you know, kind of the middle part and what it's like today. So, Brian, let me ask you, what is your very first memory? Not necessarily getting on, but you can conceptually know that is a moped. Like, what's your first memory of that? All right. So I have a very, very clear memory of, um, uh, French school, French class in grade school. So oh, I wow. took, I took French from third grade to fifth grade. And then again in high school. And I remember sometime in there, um, we learned the, the word in French for moped, which is mm-hmm. well, one of the words, uh, velomoteur. And they had, they had a picture of this weird bike thing with a motor and pedals. And I thought, wow, that's, that's really an interesting vehicle. Um, I never, I didn't see one in the flesh until I, uh, I was in France um, when I was 17 on an exchange in high school. And um, so, so the guy that I was staying with had, had come to the States, you know, back in like the fall, I was there kind of in the summer and uh, we needed to get from his house to the beach. And it was like, I don't know, five miles or something. And he uh, borrowed this moped from someone, <laughs> somebody that he knew <laughs> and uh, told me to sit on the handlebars while he, you know, sat on the seat. Oh, and we rode to the beach. <laughs> yeah, that lasted about 100 yards. And I basically, you know, said, I can't, these, these handlebars aren't working for me. Uh, yeah, how yeah. About I? So I stood on the pedals and he like, it had pegs on the front wheel. So he put mm-hmm. his feet on those. And it was it was a nightmare. <laughs> um, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to ask you, like, I know you have kind of a unusual family story. Like, mm-hmm. no, did you grow up in the US? Or was it your family? Are you first? I know I probably i don't have the story 100 percent correct but yes. i know you have a lot of family you stay in contact with over on the other side of the pond yeah yeah so i was born in scotland and uh, my family immigrated to the states when i was like a year and a half old okay um that's... yeah so i was just a little kid and we were in california for a little while and then we moved to oregon which is where i grew up and then i kind of bounced around the country a bunch i spent some time in cleveland mm-hmm. um then i moved to seattle and like you know uh, finished up college there. That's where I got into mopeds. Um, and then from there, Los Angeles, then Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and now here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
right so, on right on yeah, yeah so do you remember what moped that was that you deathly were afraid of the handlebars <laughs> i think it was a peugeot but i i have no idea it was so long ago yeah, yeah dude no worries if it yeah. was radley it probably was some sort of french bike yeah i mean we were in france so i'm sure it was either a peugeot or a movie i just don't know <laughs> that's awesome that was 17 i've never seen one before <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you talk about um discovering mopeds in college do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit like the first time you actually rode one or whatever sure yeah so we moved to seattle in 2003 which was you know right in the middle of the post 9-11 recession right mm -hmm. um i had i would have been working in cleveland and like quit my job and you know moved across country with uh my girlfriend who's now my wife um well because she got into the uh phd program for math at university of washington and mm -hmm. i had like dropped out of school so it's like all right let's move across the country and i'll like you know figure figure things out um and i'm sitting around um it took me a little while to get a job and the job that i got um it paid reasonably well like i think i was making like 12 or 13 bucks an hour back then but That's i only had yeah, but I, I only had 12 hours a week, mm. you know, so uh, it was very, very limited and, you know, money was really, really tight. Um, and so I was interested in something with that got really good gas mileage, you know, <laughs> um, I, I started going to school at the community college, which was like 10 miles away and, you know, just, just a little further than I wanted to bike on a bicycle. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I had this, this little pickup truck and the gas mileage on that was really terrible. So, you know, driving back and forth three, four times a week was really, really killing my very limited budget, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I just did like a Google search for, you know, moped or mopeds and found Moped Army and very quickly found the Mosquito Fleet, which was, you know, an established club by then. And, you know, posted on the Moped Army forums being like, hey, I'm in Seattle, I'm looking for a bike. And, you know, four or five different people invited me out to Moped Monday. And I, you know, went out and made a bunch of friends and bought a bike and started having fun. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your first bike then? Um, so my first bike was a brand new, basically brand new. It was a, I bought it in, in May of 2004. It was a 2003 Kinetic TFR, which is a piece of crap. <laughs> I was going to say, even when you hear brand new Kinetic, you hear brand new, yeah. Oh, pile of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the Kinetic has a couple of good things about it. Like the motor itself is actually pretty decent as terms of Vespa motors, you know, mm -hmm. um, and like the CDI is good and the brakes that's what I was gonna are really say. Good. That's the only thing I know about kinetics. Yeah, like their yeah. CDIs are good other yeah, than that. Yeah. yeah. And some people take like the front ends, like, you know, the forks and the, um, both the front and rear brakes are, are significantly better than sort of the old chow style. Mm -hmm. Um, but in general, they're garbage, especially like the frame is, is super weak and flexes a bunch and, you know, every bolt will rattle off the thing. Yeah. Um, so it's a moped. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> it's, plus it's a little a shitty. It's a particularly janky moped, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I looked around for like a month trying to find anything, and I, I didn't know anything at the time. I was looking at, you know, nopeds and mopeds, and there was one point where I drove down to Tacoma, which was like, I don't know, like a like a 50 mile drive to check out a Tomos only to realize when I got there, it didn't have pedals. And that was like a deal breaker for me at the time. You <laughs> <Okay>. know, <laughs> I actually test wrote it just because I'd never actually driven a moped. And the, oh, guy, wow, that's yeah, awesome. the, the guy handed me the keys and I'm like, well, I'm not going to buy this, but I'll write it down the block. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> wrote it down the block and back and then immediately dropped it right in front of him. It was very embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> and thankfully it just like landed on the handle, the end of the handle. So like nothing was damaged. But I was oh, like, God, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like a piece of shit. I'm dropping away. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Run quickly. Yeah, quickly. yeah exactly. <laughs> Don't look back. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then like, you know, you know, mopeds at that time in Seattle were really pretty hard to find. Like I paid, I think 425 bucks for that kinetic. You know, this is 2004. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, that's, that's more than like what I've paid for half of the mopeds I own now here in the Midwest, you know, mm -hmm. six, 17 years later. Um, you would occasionally get barn finds for cheap bikes out there, but, but it was pretty uncommon. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know if any, if like that area really had a huge distributorship, like, you know, I think you and I are you and me and Andy were talking this weekend. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of hubs for like distributorships yeah, out yeah. of the Midwest. I know there's right. a huge one in Iowa for Honda and like just the, with the great lakes being right there. Like it's right. just, yeah. Yeah. And like, I've heard also that sort of the like new England area has a bunch of French bikes um, for whatever reason. Um, Peugeot's are really common in Boston, I guess. And mm -hmm. I would expect variated bikes to be really popular in a city like Seattle where there's lots of Hills, but it just seems like there weren't that many mopeds in that part of the world. Um, so, you know, I, I looked around real hard for a month and finally saw this kinetic and was like, well, I know this thing has a bad reputation, but I want a bike and it's yep. in my budget. So, you know, and the thing had 59 miles on it. It was practically brand new. So, so it was already broken at 58 miles. Yeah. <laughs> it already had some broken bits and I went through something like eight pedal arms on that bike. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, uh, the, the pedal to pedal arm interface would just strip out, you know, every like 30 40 miles it was terrible there was yeah, yeah. a pot metal you know um yeah so so yeah i got that bike and then within like two months i kitted it um you know i ordered some parts from 50cc.nl because mm -hmm. yeah you know back in 2004 there weren't any u.s distributors of parts really i mean there were like there were still some moped shops around but it was they were all sort of the old model very local like i don't know that any of them really had websites i think handy handy bikes had a website at that time okay um, they're gone now but they were a, a distributor for like sort of um, stock parts you know yeah um so yeah then if you wanted anything performance parts you pretty anything performance parts wise you pretty much had to order it from europe yeah um, so had yeah do you the were you still in the money order game or was it I faxed them my credit card number. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you think about that today, it's like, no way am I faxing that off to yeah, anybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> but that's what you did. You know, they, they had an online store and you'd like order your parts and that'd make an order number. And then you, you know, filled out this form and faxed it with a picture of your credit card. And, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I mean, low tech. I love fast. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that bike did me pretty well for a few years, despite, you know, practically every part rattling off of it. <laughs> I heard it's it's a fine line with kinetics. I heard between over torquing and braking and yeah. like being loose enough where it doesn't fall off. Like, yep. <laughs> and quite often you never find that real balance with those. Oh yeah. Um, you said you talked about moped Monday. Were there many like? I know rallies are, from my understanding, they're the phenomenon of the rally is kind of a newer thing. Like, was there anything going on on the West Coast? at that point for rallies because i know barbecues oh, yeah. probably were going on at this point oh yeah so so moped barbecue in kalamazoo was definitely happening but that's you know two days of driving away from seattle right yeah so, like some people would go out every few years kind of thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. um i never went out i was you know both too poor and a student so it just wasn't really possible for me um but 
uh, we were holding rallies in Seattle when I got there. Um, I was around for Blood Drive 2, the second one. Um, I wasn't there for the weekend, but like, you know, the the rally was you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then a bunch of people would stick around for Moped Monday, you know, just one extra day, come mm -hmm. to our club meet and get another ride in. So I went to that Moped Monday right after the, the rally and met a whole bunch of people, right? Um, and then I actually attended Blood Drive 3, 4, and 5, and those were all awesome. in Seattle. Yeah, and those were, I mean, those are honest, those are the only rallies I've been to. Like, we haven't had any, and we'll get into this later, but, you know, we haven't really had any rallies because of the Rona. Um, but yeah, you know, we had, at each of those rallies, we had over 100 riders, and we do big, long rides. We, you know, get everybody on a ferry and ride across the sound and go to an island and, you know, do all sorts of cool stuff, big parties. Yeah. That's awesome. So it seems like, they're, although I haven't been to a modern rally, it seems like they're pretty similar to the old rallies, except now they have things like raffles, mm -hmm. which we didn't really have back then. <laughs> <You know>? So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, when I started, uh, we were a very isolated group, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I know we talked about this a little bit over the weekend, but um, for those of you listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for those of you who weren't there. Right. For those of you not at the Zeros uh, KMR camping trip. Yeah, um, getting sunburnt and eaten right, by mosquitoes. By yeah. I don't know what it was, dude. I really didn't get attacked by mosquitoes. I don't know. I usually don't, but I got eaten alive. <laughs> anyway, so like when I first joined the mosquito fleet like the two closest groups were um i think there it was janice in sioux falls south dakota so you know mm -hmm. 30 30 hours of driving away or um the tom cruisers in phoenix arizona okay so those are both you know they're almost they're about equally as far apart and more than a day of driving basically yeah, yeah. um so you know there were no west coast groups aside from the mosquito fleet um, now that quickly changed. The creatures joined like the next year, and then um, the puddle cutters the year after that, and I think the land squids were shortly after that as well. So you know, pretty quickly we had some West Coast groups. But but yeah. Um, you talk about a little bit, you know, being around for bl the other blood drives um, in life. You know, you say you, life took you away from Seattle. Like what? Like mm -hmm. during this time, what was mopeds? Was, were you just riding that kinetic or were you certain to look or collect yeah, um, bikes or so i had a really limited like storage capability at the time you know mm -hmm. we were we were in this little shitty student apartment in the in the university district which is you know not a great part of seattle um and i had my moped uh my kinetic chained to a pole that like supported the stairwell behind our apartment. Okay. And and people would fuck with it from time to yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So there was one time I went out there. I had this plastic sheet over it because of course Seattle it rains a lot, right? Yep. Um, and I went out there one day to ride it, and the sheet was gone. And you know I was like, oh, all right, somebody stole my sheet. They wanted to you know make a tent or whatever. Fine. Um, but they had also taken my toolkit and the spark plug out of my motor motherfuckers like... <laughs> yeah yeah i was like what the fuck what are you gonna what are you gonna do with a moped spark plug <laughs> you know <laughs> somebody really wanted it i guess so yeah. you know um uh, but yeah like i didn't have any place to put a second bike you know for for a long time mm -hmm. um i did we did eventually move to an apartment where i had like a little one car garage that was sort of my workshop and at that point i bought a uh a Peugeot 102 that I started to rebuild. Uh, okay. But those those were my only bikes back then, um, largely just due to space. But yeah, I mean, I mostly rode at Moped Mondays and like I would ride to school. Um, I rode to University of Washington until I got a ticket. <laughs> uh, <they laughs> What'd you get want... a ticket for? 
uh, parking in a bike rack. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, rent-a-cop or cop had, like, way... He didn't have enough to do, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So once that... Like, we lived close enough that I just would walk, you know, instead of riding the, the moped. Um, but I just like to ride, right? You know? But after I got the ticket, I was like... I looked into it, and, you know, a parking pass for the moped was, like, $100 a month or something. Oh, like, Jesus. Well, I, yeah. I can't afford that. <laughs> you know? I'll just walk. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um but yeah we'd ride every monday and i was there most mondays you know um we always met up at a bar um we started off at this little bar called the tin hat which was super fun and uh we eventually got kicked out of there because someone was <laughs> drinking underage <laughs> imagine that moped yeah, is getting kicked yeah. out of a bar and asking right, not to yeah. come back yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh we we um went to this other bar sort of on not not all the way across town but a few miles away closer to downtown called the mars bar um and that was a lot of fun because it was a, a good location to sort of go in any direction for a ride you know mm -hmm. um but yeah like the mosquito fleet at the time was you know real serious about about riding every single monday you know we'd meet up at the, the bar starting around i don't know six o'clock or so and i think it was like at 9 p.m we would start the ride and it was oh, wow. you know on the dot like you know 8 55 people start putting their gear on and, and head out and you know, if you just bought a beer, that's that's your problem. <laughs> you yep. know, rides leaving without you. <laughs> you know, that's amazing to me. They start, they would start so late, even back then, where like, I mean, six volt lights, dude. Like, you don't see yeah. anything with those. Like, yeah. And I mean, this is what I remember. This is like 15, 16, 17 yeah. years ago. You know, so that I might be off on like, might have been eight o'clock rather than nine o'clock. But it was no it worries. Was, it was no. night. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely nighttime. Yeah. Um, now in the summer, you know, we, we still had sunlight at nine o'clock because um, Seattle's really far north. <laughs> yep, know? yep. But uh, but yeah, you know that and the the blood drives were pretty much all the riding I did back then. Awesome, awesome. Um, so life, you you moved around a bit here and there. Like, mm -hmm. um, where was your life took you to Wisconsin next, or where did you? Uh, Los Angeles next. So okay. Uh, my wife, uh, so I, I graduated with my, I got an undergrad and then a master's in uh, electrical engineering. Okay. And then I got a, a job at a startup. Um, yeah. So like for the last couple of years of Seattle, I kind of fell out of the moped scene because I was in grad school. Um, and then I started, I was doing both grad school and working at a startup at the same time. Oh, wow. So like, yeah, like I'd finished all my courses and everything, but I was still writing my master's thesis. And so like I was working at the startup like 50, 60 hours a week. And after work, I would drive to the library on campus and write for like three hours and then i'd go home to sleep yeah it was terrible um <laughs> so that it, that didn't leave very much time for mopeds you know <laughs> um and so around that you know my wife and i we got married and then she graduated with her phd and got a postdoc position at um harvey mudd which is like east of los angeles in this town called claremont so not not so far east that you're like in the desert like san bernardino area but further east than pasadena in the san gabriel valley um, so yeah, we moved down there and I uh, brought the mopeds with me. Um, I did a little bit of riding down there, but it was just kind of as a solo rider. Mm -hmm. Um, at the time the land, the, uh, late birds were, you know, a, a moped gang. Um, but like I looked in, I remember looking into where they met it was something like 40 or 50 miles away from where mm -hmm. I lived. And I didn't have like a truck at that point, you know, we just had this little sedan and, um, I wasn't going to ride my bike that far by myself, you know? No. Um, Yeah not for like a weekly thing. And so I never, and I knew we were only there for a couple of years. So, you know, I didn't really feel like 
putting in the investment, I guess, to, yeah. to go hang out and then leave. <laughs> um, so, you know, they mostly just kind of sat in the garage while, I, you know, while we both worked a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I imagine, I know, just because you get the higher up degrees doesn't mean you have to work any less hours. Oh, um, no, no. Like, when I was down there, I, <laughs> I started doing, um, I was working for a company where we, we built satellite payloads. So yeah, I was, you know, I was doing rocket science, right? And <laughs> yeah. uh, it was like my dream job. I really loved it. And I, you know, um, but it also was very, very demanding. <laughs> mm -hmm. know. There were times I was doing like 80, 90 hour weeks for several months at a time. You know, That's the great lie. They tell you, go to school. You don't have to work as hard. Bullshit. You have <laughs> yeah. to work just as hard, if not harder. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, it just does totally depend on the job. Like I've, I've got a lovely position right now, but back then it was really terrible. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But you can say you're literally a rocket scientist. So. I was. I, I'm a former rocket scientist. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that job, you know, they really liked me. I did really well there. And then, um, so my wife, she, her postdoc was a two-year position. She finished that up and found a uh, a professor job, tenure-track professor job at um, University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire. Yep. So for those that don't know, Eau Claire, Wisconsin is about 100 miles dead east of the Twin Cities, yep. um, about two and a half hours like northwest of Madison, Wisconsin, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and if and... you remember in the group me when I posted the Taco John's bag, that was yeah. actually from the Taco John's in Elk. Oh, Wisconsin. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like moving from there to, or to there from L.A. was quite the shock, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you go from a, a town of 20 million people to a town of 50,000, you know? <laughs> if that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and surrounded by just nothing, right? So so she she moved out there and she was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to stay, um, blah, blah, blah. And I had this really good job doing satellite stuff. So um, I stayed in LA for an extra year. Mm -hmm. And um, for that year, I was just, I was working, you know, 12 hours a day every day, just sort of burying myself in work and just doing that, you know? Um, yeah. But after a year, I decided, you know, I said, hey, I, I, I've been I've been flying to Wisconsin once a month to visit my wife. Um, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm quitting, you know, and um, they basically helped, kept me on as a remote employee, right? That, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I, they, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and this is like a defense company. They've never done it before, you know, so it was kind of a, a thing, um, a whole or, ordeal to figure out how to do. But mm -hmm. yeah, I moved out to Wisconsin and, um, you know, worked for them remotely for a while and then ended up changing jobs and... Uh, yeah, I was in Wisconsin for four years and then um, wasn't doing a ton of moped stuff. Like I remember when I moved to Wisconsin, um, I did a search on Moped Army. You know how you can do the rider search to like find mm -hmm. people in your area? Uh, so I, did, I put in my zip code for Eau Claire and did the search and there were like three people on Moped Army. One of them was me and the other <laughs> two profiles, they hadn't logged in in like 10 years. <laughs> you yeah. know? So there was, was like, there was nobody. Nobody. I was like, well, shit, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I did, you know, get my kinetic running again. It, it had, when I was, Back in Seattle, it had like uh, I'd soft seized it, and so you know I like tore apart the motor and decarbon de decarbed it, and you know cleaned up the the marks from the soft seizing, and I rode mm -hmm. it around a little bit. And my neighbors were like, "What is that thing? That's so cool!" You know, oh, it's a moped, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was nobody else, and like I, I'm really a I really prefer group rides. I'm that that kind of person. Like riding by myself is is okay, but it doesn't really bring me the same joy as riding in a group, especially a big group. You know. Yep. Um, so it was kind of unmotivating. Um, but yeah, you know, we were there for four years and um, then my wife got this and and yeah, so she was a professor at, at UW-Eau Claire and like the, 
the political situation in Wisconsin was such that like the, the universities were basically just getting gutted, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah they, they got rid of tenure. Um, their salaries were just flat. Like her, her department, they didn't even have a cost of living raise in nine oh. years. Yeah. yeah nine years rough. of, yeah. Yeah. And their healthcare costs are going up and their pay was already really low. You know, like if, if she had, if she had gone across the river into Minnesota and gotten an equivalent job at an equivalent institution, it would have been a 35% pay increase. Like it was really bad, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so she got this offer doing um, like as a mathematical editor for uh, the American Mathematical Society, uh, which is like the big, um, I don't know, professional society for mathematicians, you know? Yeah. That's just, that's just way above my head. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's like one of 10 PhDs that does, you know, um, they, they coordinate reviews of scholarly articles. Anyway, <laughs> um, it was a huge pay increase and we got to move to a city with life in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so we jumped at it and, you know, uh, she basically she accepted the job and we had like five weeks to sell our house you know pack up all our stuff and go and during the course of that i i learned i basically decided that there was no way for me to bring the mopeds mm -hmm. um the the shipping company we had gone with for like all of our stuff had had a line in our contract that was you know nothing with a motor basically no wow. no yeah no containers of flammable liquids nothing with a motor blah 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 and you know, I thought about it. I was like, well, I could jam these in the back, but I um, and I, I basically decided like, I'm, I just need to sell them. I haven't really been playing with these for, you know, a few years. And, you know, this crappy old kinetic is just a piece of crap anyway. And yeah, this, yeah. this Peugeot, I, I like, I had rebuilt the motor and gotten a, a couple of performance parts and, but I hadn't quite finished it, you know? And I was just like, I just need to be, I just need to be done with this, you know? Yep. Um, so I, I listed them on Craigslist, uh, 125 bucks for the <laughs> kinetic and 75 <laughs> for the, uh, the Peugeot. Oh, and Jesus. We, yeah. yeah. We, within like 10 minutes, uh, Shane Johnson contacted me. <laughs> <God damn, laughs> it was like, when, when can I go buy this? When can I buy this? <laughs> you know? The thing about it is, do you want them back? Cause I think I could probably talk Shane into selling them. <laughs> I actually talked to him a while ago about I don't want the kinetic back. No, hell no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I actually talked to him about the Peugeot a while back, and he uh, apparently sold it to a guy who's a collector, and it's like part of his collection now. So. Oh wow! Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <You> <laughs> but <know>? fairness, <laughs> aren't all moped people collectors? Like, <laughs> most most of us, I think. I think <laughs> I, I went to your clubhouse and like, dude, I yeah. saw your base. I saw the basement there. Yeah, there's yeah. a few. There's a collection going on. I think. I think we, we counted and I think it's 200 some bikes. That's, that was what I heard. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like somebody told, asked me like, Jim, when you're at the zero shop, you should count. And like, <laughs> I looked under the bench. I'm like, there's a lot. I went to, I'm not fucking count. No. Right. <laughs> I think it's 200 in the shop total. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, we moved to Ann Arbor and I, you know, suddenly had no mopeds and, um, you know, I've always been one of those people that will just like occasionally browse Craigslist and, you know, Facebook marketplace when it came up looking for mopeds just to see if there's something cheap, you know, mm -hmm. um, even in the periods where I wasn't riding or working on bikes, you know, every couple of weeks, I just, oh, let's see if anything's been listed, just, you know, poking around. Um, and yeah, we, we moved here in 2016. And then in 2018, um, I saw Peugeot 103 for sale. And uh, the 103 for a long time was sort of like my dream bike, you know, mm -hmm. um, when I lived in Seattle, one of my friends, uh, Matt Coles had this green 
kitted Peugeot 103 with like ape hanger bars on it. Nice. Um, <laughs> and he'd done like a custom paint job with these like, so it was, it was this dark green and like white and black checkers, you know, like along mm-hmm. the, the side covers. Thing looked badass and it was super fast and great on hills, you know. I was always like super jealous of it and thought it was such a cool bike. Um, it was one of the first kitted mopeds around, like, you know, certainly in our area. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I saw this Peugeot for sale on on Craigslist and just jumped on it and bought a bunch of parts and started working on it and you know eventually kind of lost interest and started working on other things. Um, and then in 2020, I got COVID. Mm. Yeah, so back in March, uh, right at the very beginning, like a week before the lockdown, I um, I got I caught COVID and was very very sick. Do you so, have any idea where you may even have caught it from or not a clue. So yeah. I had, I had been at a, I was at a, a Bernie rally like the day before mm-hmm. I went to, I, you know, I started feeling symptoms and I was, at first I was sure, Oh, it must've been the Bernie rally. Cause it was, I was, you know, at this huge event and like, you know, nobody like wearing masks wasn't even a thing yet. You know, it was yep. only like a week or two later that that started happening. Um, and there were, you know, 10,000 people there and I was in this huge crowd and I was like, Oh, it must've been there. But, you know, talking with all the doctors, that doesn't seem, it doesn't, it's not possible that it could have been there just because of the incubation time. Yep. You know, I mean, unless I had some like freaky individual strain with a really short incubation time, which is very, very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably just caught it at work or around town, you know, who knows? Um, so, so yeah, you know, I got COVID and I was very sick for two and a half months. And did you have to go on the respirator and everything or? I, I did not have to go to the respirator. I was, uh, I, what I tell people is I was, I was one puff on my emergency inhaler away from going to the, the ER. Okay. So, so I went and saw the doctors and, you know, again, like I, I'm, you know, I went to the doctor like the day after the lockdown started, right? So the hospital is completely deserted. Everyone's in full hazmat gear, you know, (laughs) it's super weird. Um, They tested me five times that day, uh, five separate COVID tests. Yeah. Um, And, um, you know, they told me, they're like, well, your symptoms are relatively mild. Um, I had like headaches and some, some like lung stuff and exhaustion, but I didn't have like really bad respiratory symptoms, you know, like I Mm -hmm. wasn't, my blood up, my, my oxygen level was okay. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so, so they said, yeah, you know, if you have trouble, when you have trouble breathing, just take your, your asthma emergency inhaler. And, you know, if you have to do that more frequently than like once every four hours, go straight to the ER, you know, and like on my worst day, I remember sitting at my desk with my emergency inhaler in my hand and being like, I could hit this now, but if I hit this now, I have to go to the ER or I can mm-hmm. wait 30 minutes. And if I wait 30 minutes, I don't have to go to the ER. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you're, yeah. that's so awesome. You were, you played so hard by the rules. Cause I'm still <laughs> me. I, I'll admit that I can be kind of a knuckle dragging hick at points where like, eh, 15 minutes won't hurt him. But that's awesome. You stuck to the rules and you, you did the smart thing. Yeah, I mean, I probably hit it like a little bit early, but you know, it was like, I was right on that sort of knife's edge. And I was like, you Mm -hmm. know, if I don't feel better tomorrow, I need to go in, you know? Um, And I started to feel a little bit better. And it was a a big roller coaster. Like I'd feel better for a few days and then get worse, then better, then worse. And, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, But, you know, I survived. I got through it. Um, You know, it was was ill for quite a long time. And like, you know, the exhaustion was, was super bad. Like, um, I couldn't even like take the trash out, you know, like if I, oh, I grab wow. the, the, the bag, I grab the bag of trash from the kitchen, walk outside and like 
you know, I'd, I'd walk maybe 30 feet carrying this bag of trash and have to like sit down, you know? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 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 And, you know, take, put the trash in the bin and then take another break on the way back into the house, you know? Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, anyway, I survived and, um, well, that's good. You're alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, like severe long-term symptoms either, which I'm very happy about, you know? Um, but, but yeah, like after I got out of that, you know, I'm like, well, shit, everything's shut down. I've been locked in the house for two and a half months. Yeah. You know, um, I need a hobby. Driving the wife crazy. Yeah. 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 And the cats, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I need, I need a hobby. I, ha I have a little shop behind my house. Uh, it's mm -hmm. like a two car garage plus a little finished space with like a bathroom and, and it has heat for the winter and stuff. Yeah. It's great. Um, but I was like, I need something to do. And like all my other hobbies um, are shut down because of COVID because they're all sort of interpersonal things. And I'm like, well, I have that Peugeot in the shop. Maybe I should, you know, start working on that again. And, and yeah, so, you know, put it together, got it running and, and, you know, kind of fell right back into mopeds. Um, and, yeah. It's amazing you know. how that addiction never <laughs> leaves. It's like, yeah. I, I go to another thing for addiction. They always say it mm. picks right back up where you left it. And Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and now like, you know, I've, I've got a good job. I've got this, this space. So I suddenly went from having one moped to having uh, 24 <laughs> um, in, in the space of a year, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like a week after my doctors released me, I bought, you know, uh, a Mac, a Pook Maxi and Magnum from a guy in Kalamazoo and, you know, got right. those set up with kits and, and found the local riders who were still meeting up like once a week to sort of, you know, all masked up with helmets on, you know, sort of sort of that how was thing. that first ride back though like a you're just done you're, you you <laughs> survived COVID, which is a yeah. huge thing and i'm not yeah. trying to minimize that you're kind of back into this hobby you kind of set aside for a while and mm -hmm. you said you always really enjoyed the group ride aspect of it um how was that first ride was that a smile <laughs> ride times 10 it was so it's it's really funny i was so excited you know i finally found this group of people i think i found them in like july so so you know i bought those two pooks in may spent some time you know fixing them up and kidding them and riding them just by myself just you know and i figured oh, I'll, I'll let things sort of warm up a little bit and then you know see who's who's doing stuff and found the local riders go out there in july um it's like a seven mile ride from my house to the coffee shop where people meet right mm -hmm. so i so i get jump on my maxi or, or no, it's the Magnum. Yeah, I jump on the Magnum, ride it over there, meet everybody. I'm having a really good time. And um, they're like, all right, you know, we're going to start the group ride. And Brian, I was, I was on this, I hadn't kitted that bike yet. You know, yep. like I had the parts for it, but I just hadn't, hadn't done it yet. Um, they're like, all right, Brian, you're on the slow bike. So you ride in the front. I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. I'll be next to the leader. Cool. And we're riding down the road. I get a quarter mile down the road and my bike dies. Oh. <laughs> you know? Everybody goes zooming off. And I'm, I'm sitting on the side of the road, like trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like checking for spark. I'm, you know, checking my compression, you know, making sure my tires aren't rubbing, all the little things. And my fuel pet cock was turned off. Awesome. <laughs> so I, so I messaged the group chat. I'm like, I'm the world's biggest dumbass. You know? <laughs> no, was it you who shut it off or do you think somebody did? Oh, no, half -ass I, 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 sh with I shut it off when I stopped the bike. Cause it was leaked. Cause it leaked the car. Bleeped, oh, you know, okay. <laughs> I just forgot to turn it on when we started the ride. Like all of us have done. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, Everybody's that, guilty. Yeah. That, that was my first impression with the like Ann Arbor Ipsy area riders, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. So the next week I ride the same bike and I'm like, you know, I'm just hit, hammering myself i'm like i am i am not gonna turn off my petcock i'm gonna make this ride everything's <laughs> gonna be cool i get all the way there you know we're joking around people are like oh brian make sure your fuel petcock's on her, her you know yep. um 
and again, we get a quarter mile down the road and I have a flat tire. Oh. <laughs> so, so there were some trials and tribulations on those first few weeks, but, uh, yeah. you know, a few shakedown rides later and my stuff was solid and, uh, yeah, I rode all summer with a bunch of folks in my area and, you know, no-nos and very, and moped brothers and various unaffiliated folks. And yeah, it was a good time. Um, How'd you end up finding the zeros then? I know, like on a few videos, you see you're wearing the prospect garb. Um, yeah, how'd yeah. you ever hook up with the zeros? Uh, so one of the people I was riding a lot with was uh, Jonathan Lee. He's a member of MCR in Detroit. Yep. Um, he lived down in Ipsy for a while, and he was kind of spearheading the, the group effort, you know. And he and I became friends, and uh, he knew I had this Peugeot, and my 103, like it ran, but it was it was kind of, it was slower than it should have been. You know, mm -hmm. I had a, a 50 CC kit on there and, you know, I, I, I put a, a the, originally that bike had, uh, was a single speed 103. Um, so I put in a new crank, you know, um, new performance cases, um, you know, bought a variator for it, uh, 15 Shaw, um, you know, uh, circuit pipe, you know, all, all the things you do, but yep. I, I wasn't quite getting, I was only getting like 32 miles an hour out of it. I'm like, this should be faster, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I knew that like, I didn't know how to tune a variator. It's just like, I'd never done it before. Right. Yep. Like, um, and he's like, well, Hey, Brian, there's this group down in Toledo where, you know, um, there's, it's a bunch of cool folks. And Andy, who's one of their like co-presidents is the, is a, a huge French guy. He will, you know, throw your bike in the back of my truck. We'll, we'll head down there for a night, hang out, and they'll like teach you French stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we did. And I jumped in the, in his car. I was a, a Subaru brat <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah. <That's... laughs> with, with no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> we, right. uh, yeah. We threw the, the, um, the Peugeot in the back of the truck and drove down to Toledo. And this was like in, I was in the fall sometime, like September, October kind of time frame. So the okay. local rides were kind of tapering off. I think, I think it was October because it was definitely cold. Um, and yeah, we showed up on like a Wednesday and, you know, Andy helped me tear apart the bike and tune it and, you know, just go in 42. Um, yeah. Yeah. We had a great, I just, it was one of those, one of those experiences in life where like, I walked into that shop and A, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. You guys have an actual clubhouse with a ton of bikes in it. Awesome. And, yeah. but, but more importantly, like I knew, I knew like right away that these were like my people, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, they were so helpful and so kind and, um, and fun, you know, like, um, it was just that perfect mix for, for, for kind of what I needed in my life. Um, and the, uh, like the local Ann Arbor Ipsy area, writers like you know obviously there's there's no like clubhouse or whatever but that's just infrastructure doesn't matter but i, I found it kind of hard to make closer friends you know mm -hmm. in that group of people and i very quickly became really pretty close friends with a number of zeros and um it was just very clear to me that like this is the club i wanted to be part of you know yeah um so i i signed up to be a prospect pretty much right away um you know that we we talked about it for a while and you know there are a couple things i you know had to talk through um history sort of things you know um and uh yeah became a prospect at the we did a zoom thanksgiving event because you know that's when rona was starting to really skyrocket again. really so peak we, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 we um you know didn't we didn't do in-person events for a while so we had this like zoom party <laughs> where i became a prospect <laughs> and yeah you know became a full member in uh april 
and have been rocking out ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. How long did it take you guys? Uh, we'll talk some zero business right now. Sure. How long did it take you guys to move all those bikes from your old shop to your new shop? Uh, we did all the bikes in one day. Oh, that's yeah. one long. How ass day. did you move that? <laughs> like, what'd you guys get to move them all? Uh, so we rented a truck. And we had, okay. a, I think it was a 20 foot truck. Um, so, first of all, before we even got to moving bikes, we had to stage things, right? So we okay. spent like the, the first thing we did is that all, so if you've been to the zero shop, you know, every yep. member has a shelf. And when I say shelf, it's like a full eight foot tall bookshelf, you know, yep. or, or garage shelf, you know, two feet by four feet across. I think they're actually seven feet tall, you know, covered in motors and parts and all sorts yeah. of shit. So the first step was that everybody packed up all their own stuff. We bought a bunch of totes, everybody packed up all their own shit. We took down the shelves, right? That gave us a lot of room in the main room of our clubhouse at the time. And um, we then did a series of like cleaning operations <laughs> where we, we threw out a ton of stuff, right? Because yeah. um, of course you accumulate parts you're never going to use and blah, 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 garbage, you know? <laughs> um, and we, we basically cleared as much room in the main room as possible. And we staged all the bikes so that like the, the, the couple of days before the move, we had all the bikes at the front of the shop ready to go. Now, um, I, in my own head right now, the little bit I know about the zeros, I just imagine Sarah quarterbacking most of this because <laughs> she just seems like she's the organizer of the bunch. Like, Sarah she, is yep. such an awesome person. Like, she, she really won me yeah, over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's so, and the thing about Sarah is maybe it was because I was a guest or whatnot, but like, mm -hmm. she was so cool about it. Like, yeah. when she was oh, organized, yeah. just cool as a cucumber, doing her thing, yep. organizing, yep. like, just an awesome, awesome person. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of did a divide and conquer sort of thing. So we had, we did have some people come in from out of town. We did the main bulk of the move in, I think it was December. You know, there was snow on the ground. It was, it was shitty weather. Yeah. Um, so we had like a team of people that stayed at the new shop. We had a team of people that stayed at the old shop and then a couple people in the truck. And so the truck would go to the old shop. We'd fill it full of bikes and then the truck would leave, right? It'd get to the new shop. They'd unload all the bikes then we'd come back. And you know, in the interim period, like people at the new shop were putting bikes places. So we have, you know, we moved a whole bunch of bikes down into the basement and sort of just making room. And mm -hmm. people at the old shop were like staging the next move, right? So we had this like, at the old shop, we had this sort of, there's a space about like a one car garage that was sort of like this hallway. So mm -hmm. we'd back the truck right up to that and we'd have all the bikes lined up ready to go, you know? Um, so, so it was really efficient. And um, Sarah was on the old shop team and she, she was organizing like that and the cleanup operation, you know, because yeah. um, like it's a moped shop. It was super filthy. <laughs> we had a ton <laughs> of cleaning to do, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it went really smoothly and we, we did it all in like, we did all the big stuff in like one big day. There were, you know, there were a couple of, my, of smaller trips before that, you know, um, like I think all the, all the individual people's shelves stuff got moved like the day before, I think. Yeah, I think that's right um but yeah i mean it was a huge long effort and then like once we had everything moved like we had a shop just full of stuff that was not super organized <laughs> you yeah. know <laughs> yeah i mean it doesn't matter what move you're doing um it doesn't and it doesn't matter how organized you are right. it's still a mess when you right get yeah there. it's like yeah we had things organized in boxes but then we had a giant pile of boxes right? exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um you remember the so in our shop you you Okay, you have been to our shop. You remember yes. that big main room where like the TV is and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So that room used to be filled with workbenches that were 
you know, screwed down to the floor and mm -hmm. took up all the space. Um, there's still a couple of them in the back, like where the, the guy who runs the cylinder head business is. Yep. But there were like, I think, eight more of those in that in that area. And so okay. one of the one of the first things we did is tore all those out, you know, and that took a, a day, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that we started. I mean, just trying to create a blank space for exactly. you guys to do your thing at yep. like yeah. Yeah. So like we took all those out and then we were able to take out some other shelving to like build moped shelves and put mopeds there. And, you know, it was a, that process took a couple of certainly several weeks, maybe a month and a half to get things at sort of a baseline, you know, organized level. You know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, every like two months we do a shop day where we just, nobody works on bikes. We just do cleaning and organization sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that, that keeps things in, in pretty good shape. I will say this. I didn't say anything to anyone there, but like the, mm -hmm. I have an affection for your guys' bathroom <laughs> because it smells identical to the body shop bathroom that I grew up in. Like it's just that old 50 years of oil, <laughs> 50 years of just grime yep. on the floor and simple or, or fast yep. orange or whatever yep. the stuff's called. Like old porcelain. It's just like, yeah. dude, I just went in there. I'm like, Oh my God. I love this place. Like, <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of the bathrooms at the machine shop I used to go to in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just, I just, my heart kind of just fluttered for a half a second. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, it's yeah. like grandma's house. Like it was yeah. just fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Um, and that <laughs> tour game of the shop, like, I don't know if you guys intentionally do this, but like <laughs> I saw the zeros, um, YouTube channel, and I saw Andy giving everybody the tour. It was like the same thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> it felt like I was just in that video walking through it again, but which was rad, dude. It was awesome. Um, we've, we've given a lot of tours. Like every moped person who comes over is like, I want to see everything, you yeah. know? <laughs> so. Um, and it was, it was just kind of, it was, yeah, it was rad. Um, now how long had you guys been planning to do the camp out that we all just did? Was that, is that, was that ever going to be postponed this year or? I mean, yeah, we thought about it very carefully and um, okay. So they did one, was it last summer or the year before? I don't, I don't, it was before I started coming around. So I don't know exactly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, okay. So, so before I started showing up, like, um, you know, the vaccines did not exist. Right. Yep. And all of the people in Toledo were, were a COVID pod. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they were always together um, whenever they went somewhere, they'd mask up, you know, but you know, these, these are close friends that were meeting each other, you know, every you know, twice a week all the time. And so they, they sort of formed a little pod. Like Andy, Andy used to say like, you know, I see, I see Jared and Megan every week and I haven't seen my parents in nine months, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so people are pretty careful about stuff. Um, I still masked up for the longest time until you mm -hmm. know, I was fully vaccinated. Um, and I obviously still do like when we go places. Um, but um, so definitely like whether or not the, the camping trip was going to be a thing was uh, something we debated in, you know, winter and spring. Uh, and, but we decided we wanted to do it in like, you know, once people, once most of the club, both clubs were vaccinated, yeah. they're like, okay, this is, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be outside. Um, you know, nobody's going to be in each other's face. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, we're all, you know, almost all of us are vaccinated. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it was just, we decided it was relatively low risk. Yeah. Um, 
and part of it is that we, you know, we can, we know who's vaccinated and who isn't, you yeah. know what I mean? So unlike a rally where you have a hundred random people showing up and you have yeah. no clue, um, you know, we, we knew exactly who was going to be there. And we knew that like almost every single person was fully vaccinated. Yeah. Um, so and I brought a- my card. I think I did get asked and I did say yes, but like, I have no issue showing anybody my vaccination card, mm-hmm. like, because yeah. it's easy for anybody to say, oh, yeah, I've been back. No, I'll fucking show you proof. Oh, yeah. like, I've got a picture in... on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in being a part of the solution. Like, I yeah. think you and I were talking about that on mm-hmm. the trip to the drop off point when we started riding. Yeah. Yeah. We're holding, we're doing another sort of private event with another club in uh, September. And mm-hmm. we've decided to make it a requirement for every person who shows up to be fully vaccinated. Yeah. Um, and the main reason for that, the difference between that and the camping trip is that that event's going to be at the shop indoors, yep. you know? So the risk is a lot higher for anyone who's, you know, not vaccinated or if somebody, you know, God forbid has the Delta variant, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, obviously I'm very sensitive to it since I had COVID and it was terrible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I definitely advocate being careful. Um, and yeah, like it, this was, nominally 2021 was the a year that the zeros were to hold a rally and we canceled it um, Mm -hmm. just because you know like we saw some of the stuff that happened in other events um there was an event at acadia national park in the spring yeah and you know some people got covid there and we're like we just can't we can't do that you know that was a the canary in the coal mine for us you know yeah um so we'll see about next year i hope but yeah People got to get vaccinated. That's kind of what it comes down to. And it's just such a crapshoot with all of it because, like, you saw Moped Spring Break. Like, Mm -hmm. nobody came out there with COVID, which is really odd. But, yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. Like, you know, it's yeah, it's always a roll of the dice. And the bigger the event, the more times you're rolling those dice. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, I fully agree with you. (laughs) Um, I wanted to bring up just so you can clear up for somehow you're. We'll, we'll talk about taking off. Um, I thought we, where did we, un- we didn't necessarily ride from the Toledo shop to the campground. Do you, like, I am totally ignorant to that part of the country. Um, where did we actually leave from? Um, let's see. Uh, I only pull up a map real quick. It was near Adrian, Michigan, but it wasn't Adrian. It was like the next town over um, Blissfield. Okay. So I, it's only like 15 miles from the shop or so. And uh, the main reason we started from there is that like, there's no real good way to get there. It's mm-hmm. just highways, you know? Um, so yeah, we stopped at this little park in, in Blissfield, Michigan um, and kind of paralleled uh, <laughs> 223 until yeah. 127. We had two breakdowns the in the parking lot. I did find that. <laughs> that was funny it was a a bit of an apocryphal start right (laughs) (laughs) and i thought i was gonna be the third one but turns out i just had my choke on i'm like oh my god Uh, your bike seemed fine i mean you 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 had that bearing that needed to be regreased or whatever but yeah normal maintenance yeah Yeah. that was a one-way deal (laughs) i about had a heart attack there um (laughs) but i did i'll talk about it a little bit um but that was really it was an interesting, it was, a, that was a ride. Like I'd never been on because like, mm-hmm. I, bel- I had trust in Andy. He knew what he was doing. And like, we we're on some gravel roads and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I'm not, I'm not, not I'm not uncomfortable gravel. <laughs> doing gravel roads, but like, I was just like, come on. But like, and it was all smooth. No, we didn't have one single wipeout. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have one single issue. Like 
everything was super safe even though like i think the second gravel road we were on i saw a couple deer running and like that always makes me nervous i know deer aren't gonna purposely run into me but like oh that happens to me in st paul (laughs) like yeah 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 I had a deer charge at me when I was on a, a, a race, like running, not a moped race, but a running race. And oh, wow. I was running, yeah, I was running a half marathon and a deer charged at me out of the bushes. So <laughs> I, those fuckers are dangerous. You know? <laughs> I think that happened, uh, it's that time of episode where I bring him up. It happened to Jake Kane a couple years ago, I think. Like mm-hmm. one came out of nowhere on him and he ended up dumping it on a bike. In, I believe it. Right yeah. in Minneapolis. So yeah, like yeah. in the Theodore Worth Park, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, it's <laughs> you never know where the little bastards are going to come out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, that was that was a very smooth ride. The first mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. And it felt kind of like riding through Southern Minnesota. Like mm-hmm. there was fields and like, there's a one time where you went by like a cow farm and like, yeah, I got a whiff of it and I'm like, Oh shit. And it kind of put a <laughs> smile to my face. Cause Oh shit. Um, shit. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was, well, it was like where I went to daycare. Like yeah, yeah. I went to daycare <laughs> on a cow farm. So uh-huh. like, it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. we stopped at that restaurant and like, yeah, that was like a time warp because that was a very strange place <laughs> how were we there for two and a half hours uh mostly because the food was super slow yeah. <laughs> like i i think and it's just they were busy you know like yeah. it's, it's clear but it, it didn't very... feel like two and a half hours is what i'm saying oh no 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 we had great conversation and that always makes the time fly you know yeah um yeah so so uh what jim's referring to is we stopped at this place called the artesian well which is near cement city michigan sort of at the the intersection of highways 12 127 and um yeah 12 and 127 right and for after... any race fans i did see a sign that said this way to michigan international speedway so yeah, we were in that area yeah, sort yeah. Of south the of irish south. hills of michigan as i yep. was told <laughs> yes it is the irish hills um and yeah they have this motorcycle museum there so like it's a big restaurant slash bar and then on like where the second story would be they just have a bunch of like really famous motorcycles like the uh the american flag motorcycle from um easy rider yeah. from the movie is is there and they have a, have a bunch of other weird stuff so it was cool interesting it was packed uh-huh. um which was a little odd um and uh yeah, yeah just out in the middle of nowhere and like yeah, yeah. i mean this town is <laughs> i don't think there's more than a couple hundred people in this town it was just oh, no. packed. yeah yeah it's i think it's a destination like like the irish hills used to be you know yeah yeah um, and it was weird because i had the nascar reuben and i'm like <laughs> i never knew nascar and reubens were one that coll- two sa- a sandwich right. collided <laughs> with that but whatever yeah those fried um, pickles are pretty good yeah andy <laughs> everybody andy did eat some fried pickles yeah. so anybody who knows andy's in this hatred for pickles <laughs> yeah well frying uh, anything makes it better <laughs> it's true but I just I want to talk about the ride a little bit because we got yeah. going, everything was cool, and that's where the ride just got super beautiful. Um, oh yeah, canopy covered roads. Um, but then you got the popular <laughs> pick of my photo dump. Why don't yep. you talk? What when did your um first gear finally take a eat on you? Uh, How long so into that ride? It, it was uh forty forty miles on the dot from the start point. Okay. Um, so gosh where were we we're we're off the highway yep you know somewhere i think near napoleon michigan somewhere in that general area 
Um, middle of nowhere, Michigan. Middle of nowhere. I'm like, it's I'm surrounded by farms and and forests, you know. Yeah. And uh, so so you remember how we made that like big left turn? Yep. Um. So right before that left turn, we're we're on this long straight road, you know, riding through the woods, and I'm I'm riding an, an A3 Tomos, and uh, you know, with a with an aerosol kit in it, a VM18, and a Technogas Next um, R exhaust. And most people who've ever ridden a Tomos <laughs> know that they're, you know, pretty, uh, pretty loud, clanky bikes, right? Mm -hmm. And so you expect a certain amount of rattling and weird noises uh, coming from the transmission and the motor. And, uh, but, you know, we're riding along and I hear this, just this horrible, horrible, <laughs> like pieces of metal getting chewed up kind of noise, right? Mm -hmm. And at first, like I'd had a problem previously with this bike where like I kept losing my kickstand spring um, and the center stand would like drag on the highway and I'd hear that sort of, yep. you know, horrible grinding sound. And I, I always thought it was the transmission. Oh no, it's just my, my spring keeps coming undone. But I'd replaced that spring with the correct one. So like that wasn't happening. I checked my center stand and I'm like, oh no, I, I think, you know, something's actually bad. Um, but you know, I'm in second gear blasting along, you know, having no problems. And we come up to this corner, we slow down my bike downshifts and suddenly nothing, you know, yep. I, I turn the throttle, the, the motor, you know, whizzes up an RPM and there is zero power getting transmitted to the rear wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, either my clutch is dead or my gear is dead or, you know, something in the transmission is destroyed, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and yeah, Andy, you know, he offered, well, we can push you up to, to, you know, 20 miles an hour and get your second gear engaged. <laughs> yeah. Andy and like, is <laughs> such a, I, I didn't really know Andy until this weekend, but he is such a positive, like solution oh, yeah. orientated, oh, yeah. even if the solution isn't that good. Oh yeah. Oh, like, yeah. He's like, he's hey, solution oriented right. guy. We can do a dumb thing to get you to the end. Let's do the dumb thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I've already ridden 40 miles today. Uh, I'm not super confident being pushed. Yeah. It's dark. You know, I don't want to slow everybody else down. Just, just go. We've got a chase vehicle. They'll be here in 10 minutes. It's fine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but we also had the problem, and I for I feel so bad. I forgot his name as we're talking. Who was on the cha Yamaha Chappie? Uh, it wasn't Chappie. It was an FA50. FA50. Um, and it was Reno. Reno. Reno didn't have any headlights. Yeah, that, yeah. The, so his headlight had died and his pipe mount broke. So his exhaust. Well, was... that was really rad because yeah. we tightened that up. I don't think he had realized it broke at that point because and he's right. like, okay, it's getting dark. We have to go right now. And we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden I remember hearing he didn't have light. And I purposely have put on bright as fuck headlights because oh yeah uh hot this, they I'm... for the universal light that treat cells they sell mm -hmm. a 35 watt bulb for that and mm -hmm. give me a chance to run a wire higher yep. wattage i always will <laughs> yeah. and i stayed right behind those guys and like mm -hmm. andy and um i forgot his name again reno reno sorry <laughs> reno. reno i owe you a beer um, <laughs> next time i see you but reno like they kept thinking a car was behind them for how light my... <laughs> but i kept on seeing that freaking pipe bouncing in the yeah, background yeah. and like i saw andy counting down reno how many miles were left but <laughs> i forget what it was if it was a baby or sheep or baby goat farm that uh -huh. like we went by on the way to the campground and like uh -huh. for a sec once we finally got to the campground, that was pretty rad because we ran into Chad and one of the KMR guys at the mm. front gate. So like, oh nice, we all came in and kind of, <laughs> kind of at the same time, which yeah, is yeah. pretty rad. Cool. Um, 
<laughs> but we couldn't find the actual campground. Like yeah. we kept going left and like finally we just we rode around that state park until we could literally find found our camping area. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice that you did because by the time we got there at the chase vehicle, you guys had directions for us. You yeah. know? <laughs> and he was like, don't listen to what they say at the gate. Take a right here and a right here and then I'll get you right to camp. <laughs> you <know>? yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big proponent of bright headlights too. Like uh, my night vision isn't super good. So like on my my maxi, which is the main bike I ride up here in Ann Arbor, I've got a, a 51 watt halogen. On oh that wow! Bike. So I cast shadows of other riders. <laughs> you know, yep. it's bright as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a beautiful yeah. thing. I will, yeah, give me a chance. Like you, even if your night vision is good, it doesn't yeah, hurt yeah. to have a bright headlight. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a big proponent of you know as bright as you can go. And like on that bike, I've got the. Uh, the power dynamo cdi which has a 100 watt lighting coil so it's oh, like wow. you know just tons of power yeah. um on a lot of other bikes you're limited by the lighting coil you might only have a 30 watt coil or a 40 watt coil you know with but, hpis i which i run on all my hobbits i'll just i eat the bullet right away just so yeah, i can yeah. go to 12 volt i yep. think those are 60 watt coils. They are, yeah they are 60 watts i, I just bought so, one for my hobbit <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. those are always a way to go like yeah. then yep. you can you can even run the oem wiring harness with those as well so yeah if you want to i, I like to rewire all my bikes um partially just because like i do electrical engineering for work so yeah you're a freaking electrical engineer yeah, yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> i enjoy like looking at the circuits and figuring them out and rewiring them to be simple and you know yeah like that's fun um but also like i can't tell you how many old wiring harnesses i've pulled apart and just like you know, either the insulation is so brittle, it just like crumbles in your hands or, oh, yeah. you know, you've got a really, cr I had one bike where I put a, a CDI on it and had a good headlight and the light was really dim. I couldn't figure it out. And um, yeah, all the wiring was just super corroded. So there was mm -hmm. just a ton of resistance in the wire itself, you know, yeah. <laughs> new wire problem gone. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, you know what? I might even allow you to be that guy to come up with the wiring map to wire in the OEM horn to the yeah. Hondas. If you ever want to come up with that on your spare time, I might allow I'll you look, to do that. I'll look into it. I've done horns on other bikes, you know. So just because I, I love that, I love that that OEM horn. It just sounds like a dying duck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you've got a, a rally full of a hundred riders and everyone's beeping on their horns, that's bliss yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> very annoying bliss <laughs> it is it is um and i was gonna say like i think you talked about shredding that first gear like yeah the yeah. same thing happened to marla of lady king's fame um that happened to her at moped spring break but she like didn't even make it off the trailer oh wow like, <laughs> that's a bummer yeah <laughs> yeah that bike like when I when I got it from a another moped person, and the first gear was already it already had a bunch of damaged teeth, you know. Um, so you know, first one of the first things I did was open up the bottom end and just take a look at it, right? Um, and yeah, I saw the first gear was kind of chewed up. Um, but you know, I've put since I bought it, I've probably put three or four hundred miles on it, I would guess. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I put I filled it up with trans oil or put new trans oil in it uh like the week before we went on the camping trip um, that's probably what did it new new yeah. oil <laughs> well i had a i had to put new oil in it because i had my old gasket for the clutch cover was leak was broken and like the gasket had a tear in it it was don't you know like that's crazy. a sign to tell you if there's still oil in it if <laughs> right. it stops dripping <laughs> there's no more it, oil yeah, so you yeah, gotta yeah. fill it up 
I used to call it my my Tomos total loss transmission oil system. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also had a bad seal on the um, on the crankshaft, so I was burning trans oil too. Uh, so you know, week and a half before the ride, I pulled the cover off, took the transmission apart, put in the new seal, put in the new gasket, filled it up, checked it before the ride; it was still full. So you know, it's just it was that gears time. Those A3 yeah. gears are. It's it's a, a known issue with the A3s. Like if you run a really mild setup, you can, you know, they'll last a long, long time. But yeah. if you kit them, put a big carb, a big pipe on them, they're they're just gonna they're gonna shred. Yeah. Because you know, unlike a ZA, there's no there's no dampening. You uh-huh. know, so every time you shift gears, those the gears are just banging into each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah, it happens. Um yeah, you got that fixed <laughs> the next day, didn't you? More or less. Yeah, like the day we got back, I fixed it and rode it around yeah that's what's so awesome about the zero shop like generally if you need replacement parts or something most likely they're gonna have it and that's one really Mm -hmm. rad thing about the the community shop that they have there and like andy is such a smart guy he oh yeah knows how to advertise for that shop because what does he do (laughs) he gets out front and just starts working on his moped and like all the neighbors see him working on it (laughs) it's it's a good kind of throwing the bait out there if you will yeah yeah like that's a smart way to grow the community yeah <laughs> you know we have people coming in all the time asking if it's, uh, asking us if we sell bikes mm-hmm. and you know we don't we're a clubhouse you know but but every now and then you get someone who shows up and it's like hey what are these what are you guys working on i want to get one of those what is that that's cool you know um and then they end up joining the club and blah 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 but yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know if andy i I left kind of early in the night. Do you know if Andy had any more luck with the cursed Indigen? <laughs> that bike, I think, is forever cursed. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was still working on it and still, like, it's that bike has so many issues, unfortunately. I, I felt so, dude, everybody has those bikes. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. still doing that with my Baker's bike. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was, I made one suggestion to him just because I'm like, try a different coil and see mm-hmm. yeah you've changed everything else and, yep. and that didn't even work so nope. like Andy, <laughs> my heart my heart reaches out for you brother yeah um, yeah i think part of part of the issue with that bike is just the build is you know like i think he's doing a 50 peugeot build and 50 peugeot builds always just have like terrible low end you know mm-hmm. from zero to 10 miles an hour is just torture you know <laughs> once yeah. you get above 10 miles an hour you're, you're good and you know it kicks up and you, you can go pretty fast for a 50 kit you know but that the, the very end of the, the very bottom of the range is just miserable um and i think that's part of his issue so i don't know yeah but he's having a hard time getting that he couldn't even get to rev out was the issue yeah. yep. as well so like yeah again i feel for you yeah, um totally. As we kind of wrap, start wrapping up this podcast, is there one, I, I generally ask people this, like that touch in the sky moment, like yeah. when was the first time or like one of your most memorable times really feeling that this time or in your previous moped life? Uh, that's a really, it's a really good question. And I've got a couple moments that really sort of stick out. There's one time, I think it must've been the first blood drive I was at where um you know, we, we had, it was my first big group ride, right? And we we rode through this really fancy, rich neighborhood in Seattle that had this park with just this amazing view of the sound and the mountains and everything. And I remember, um, you know, I always, I always kind of like to be at the back of the pack. It's just my preference, you know, where, uh-huh. I like to, where I like to ride. But I remember, you know, just A, like hanging out in that park and, you know, seeing this amazing view. And then like 
the sun was setting and you know we, we decided to start riding and I, I I like took my bike and sort of rode I don't know a quarter mile down the road and just sat there and watched people ride by you know and that that moment of just having you know 100 or 120 people whatever it was you know riding by on on mostly stock bikes uh -huh. um, creating this this enormous cloud of two-stroke smoke <laughs> you know um it just like it was such a such a cool I don't know something about that really really spoke to me you know like this huge group of people all getting together to do this the same thing on these these stupid little bikes <laughs> you know um and the you know the rest of that weekend was just like pure bliss like just from that one one moment um and uh i'll follow that up with a with a terrifying story which is the first time i got my kinetic up to 45. Wow. <laughs> yeah you know after I, I kitted it and put a pipe on it and everything we're at a, another blood drive and like um there was some miscommunication and like most of the rally left and there were a couple of us left behind so i remember hopping on my bike and like i had no idea where we were we're in the middle of nowhere you know i don't even have a cell phone much less a smartphone you know yep. um and everybody's gone right so i jump on my bike and i'm like I see them way off in the distance. I'm just like, you know, uh, full throttle, all the try going as fast as I can down this big hill. And I remember like, I got the bike up to, oh my, 45 miles an hour. But I remember looking down and seeing the frame of my bike, like twisting opposite in two different sections. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm like, oh God, I'm going to die. <laughs> and, you know, right after I had this thought, I, I caught up with the group and, you know, was able to back off. And like that feeling of that, that feeling of relief, <laughs> you know, I'm not only, I didn't crash my bike, but I'm back with my friends. I'm yeah. going to be okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and more recently, I don't know, just like every now, every like once a month or so, we do a long ride of the zeros and I just love long rides. Yeah. So like riding through that canopy, you know, even on the gravel road, just, it's a magical thing. I, I just love it. Yeah. I, I had that too on that gravel road. I was just thinking, yeah. I find myself in dumb situation, well, dumb as in fun. Like yeah, yeah. I dumb is, is a multi-meaning word in my life. Um, like I just remember thinking, fuck dude, I'm a nobody. And how in the <laughs> fuck did I end up in nowhere, Michigan riding with these guys? Like, <laughs> dude, you're cool. We love you. It's great. Hey man, <laughs> you know, I, I feel kind of like the Forrest Gump of mopeds half the time. Like I just yeah, end up you're... in spots I shouldn't be in, but I'm there, but whatever, dude, you, man. You're great. Like, I can't tell you how many times we've done rides where like, you know, like the zeros, we, we take like safe riding fairly seriously. Like we've yep. had a number of people, like friends of ours die in accidents. We've had our own accidents. Like I had a wreck back in April, you know, where I had a very severe concussion. Um, and so like, we're, we're pretty careful about like, like when we're doing a, gr a group ride is not the time to do wheelies and stupid no. shit like that. Right. You know, and we're pretty serious about like that. If somebody tries something dumb like that, we'll, we'll stop and be like, what the hell are you doing? This is not okay for our yep. ride you know um and you fit right in with us you're totally safe you're you know maintaining good distance everything you're great you know like, well yeah. for me i ride according to the group like if we yeah, have yeah. a bunch of people just out now blasting going nuts sure. i'll match my riding to that if people are just on like a chill coaster ride i'll mm -hmm. match my riding to that and like yeah i i was a guest i know sure. like <laughs> When I'm back home, I can get a little rowdy, but like when I'm a guest, it's somebody's like, I will act like a guest. I do have some manners left. in my. <laughs> well, you know, that is a, it's not universal in the moped community that, you know, no. 
And like, I get it. People want to, they want to have fun on their bikes. That's fine. But, but it's like you're saying, trying to gauge what the ride is doing and try to, you know, fit in, you know, Um, and we do this ride, we call it Michigan ride where we, we leave Toledo and we we go back and forth across the border between Ohio and Michigan a bunch of times. Uh There's like a really nice foresty section, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, there's this part of it. That's like a mile and a half, just straight road. And every time we do that ride, Andy's like, all right, this is the time to blast go. And everybody just rips down that road. We get to the end of it. And then we start riding inner group Mm -hmm. again. (laughs) (laughs) So like, there's a time and a place for that, but it's, it's gotta be the the right time and the right place. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I, I was judging the ride according to how we were going and like, Mm -hmm. it was, I can, I was having a great time absorbing what was around me and what was going on. Like, again, I felt very lucky to be invited Mm -hmm. as an outsider into a group thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I know, and all the KMR people made me feel really welcome. You guys made me feel really welcome. And like, I got sunburnt as hell in August. <laughs> it was, it was super great. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad the mosquitoes didn't eat you alive as badly as they did me. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they were hitting, they were hitting me a little bit, yeah. but like I threw long pants on and a long mm-hmm. sleeve shirt. I promise I know how to get away from mosquitoes you to know, a point. Yeah, I've got mosquito gear. I, yeah. you know, long sleeve, long sleeves, long pants, treated with permethrin, and I, <laughs> I left them at home. <laughs> you know? Of course you did. Of and sorry for waking you up at four forty-five in the morning. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> I hope I didn't sound too pissed when I. Oh when no, I dude! Like I felt bad. Like for anybody, right. like it for happens. some reason, my my Friday alarm was set on saturday i don't know what the deal was people but like my alarm was i woke up the campground at 4 45 yeah (laughs) i remember i was lying in bed and it'd been going on for a couple minutes and i'm like okay if it goes on for another minute then i'm gonna get up (laughs) (laughs) and i was like all right i need to pee i'm getting up (laughs) it was fine i got up and and went back to bed (laughs) these things happen (laughs) yeah if you if your bike end broke, maybe you could have got out with uh Roland and I. That was a we yeah. we basically went around the lake a little bit and oh cool. Um, that was that's such a rad area. I hope you guys do go back next year and get to ride a little bit more. Um, Definitely, yeah. For those that don't know, we were at uh, the Portage Lake Campground, which is part of the Waterloo um, recreational area, kind of yeah. between Jackson and, and Ann Arbor in Michigan. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. We had a great time camping, and some people did some riding and just yeah. hanging out in the lake. It was a really it was spot. it was a good chill, warm lake day. It was it was mm-hmm. fun as fuck. Um, but Brian, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on Second Chance Moped Podcast. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Do you want to direct anybody to any social media or anything like that? Um, anything from the zeros? Yeah. Um, so the zeros we have had. Uh, hashtag and i think of instagram page uh toll zeros t-o-l-z-e-r-o-s i'm on instagram as uh darian lebreton that's d-e-r-i-a-n-l-e-b-r-e-t-o-n um post about all sorts of random stuff and uh <laughs> yeah catch me on the moped army forums too because i still use those <laughs> quite a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah um don't forget everybody you can still catch us uh, at uh second chance pod on instagram email me anytime at second chance moped at gmail.com and look up second chance moped podcast on facebook um the group and the page uh brian i can't thank you enough for coming on second chance moped podcast and don't forget my guy mopeds are dumb Mopeds are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah, Bye. thanks, thanks, man. See ya.